Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of businesses good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Thank you for joining us today with the Colorado Business Roundtable. We are super excited about welcoming J.M. Asienzo today, who is the Central Outreach Director for the U.S. GLC, which stands for the United States Global Leadership Coalition. Um, welcome, J.M., to our podcast. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, it's such a pleasure to get to know you better. Colorado Business Roundtable has been a fan of the organization for many years, and since I'm new in my position, I'm just really getting to know a little bit more about the work you do. And first, I'll just start off with a little bit about you. You've got an amazing background in um, international affairs, everything from working in South Korea to Vietnam to working in the Peace Corps. Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your journey before we jump into the basics of what you're doing now. Yeah, thanks, Debbie. I'm from Montgomery County, Maryland. So it's a very internationally minded county near D.C. And so was always uh, very interested in the rest of the world went abroad to East Asia and Southeast Asia to teach English right out of college, and then uh, eventually joined the Peace Corps, uh, served for three years in Thailand. And uh, all of those experiences really drove home to me the uh, incredible positive impact America can make when it does things thoughtfully and with uh, the necessary resources. So that's brought me back home to D.C. to uh, advocate on Capitol Hill uh, and now out in parts of the central and Midwest United States. And I was laughing with you before we started the podcast a little bit about South Korea and that my oldest daughter has such a love for South Korean culture and history and food. You know, tell me about your time in South Korea. What would you share with that? Yeah, awesome people, terrific culture, uh, just the easiest people on earth to root for. So fun loving and down to earth. Um, this was some years ago, so the uh, requirements were a lot less strict. But I mean, I had a job teaching in Seoul in like less than 48 hours after sending an email. I think it was on an airplane less than a month later. But it's, uh, you know, if, if you've not experienced other cultures uh, and want a culture shock, more often than not in a good way, uh, go to Asia. It's, you know, it's, it's not only as far away as possible, but very different in many different ways. Um, and if you're thinking about seeing the world, uh, teaching English is a, a very easy way to um, get access to it. Yeah, that's a great tip. When I, I haven't been to Asia yet, but it's on my bucket list for sure. So It'll be fun to get. Because Denver has a direct flight to Asia now, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure your airport, or either it's thinking about getting a direct flight to Narita, I want to say, or maybe Shanghai, but. Right. That's a great tip. And I actually get an email from a site that gives me all the, all the deals. So I need to take advantage of that when we're, when we're, when we're all back to traveling quite a bit again. You've always been globally minded, you know, right out of college, set out to see the world a little bit. And now, how does this translate into your job with the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition? Yeah, sure. So, you know, being abroad, I lived in Hanoi, Seoul, uh, then Thailand, and traveled all over Southeast and East Asia, parts of the world that have had long relationships with the United States, some good, some bad, uh, but certainly relationships nonetheless. And you start to see that in um, your everyday life overseas, and you see how that has impacted local communities 
Uh, and the, the more you saw that impact, the more you wanted to do something about it. And uh, the Peace Corps was a way for one to have an understanding about that, but also try to translate to the rest of the world, American culture, American values, and of course, mm-hmm. share with America those uh, values that were imported on you by, by the local communities you lived with. And that was a great way to understand how taxpayer dollars can have good impact overseas. You know, the Peace Corps budget is a rounding error in the grand scheme of things. And uh, I could look around at all of my fellow volunteers and see all the great work they were doing, see the impact of the Peace Corps in Thailand uh, throughout its more than 50-year existence. But then when you leave, uh, you have kind of uh, an empty feeling knowing that a volunteer most likely will not be returning to your community. Uh, and that's simply because of resources. Programs like the Peace Corps uh, and other programs that are taxpayer-funded that go overseas are very popular in the public opinion. But uh, we need to do a better job of educating lawmakers about their importance and uh, make sure there's resources for them. So I came home with all of those very strong opinions uh, and started, got involved in the advocacy and political process. Uh, and through my previous position advocating just for the Peace Corps, I came into the USGLC orbit and now um, advocate with, with USGLC for the entire uh, overseas foreign assistance umbrella package. Which sounds like the perfect journey for what you've done on the ground and then now advocating for those dollars, which is really, really interesting. And when I looked up the specific mission of the USGLC, because I think some of our people listening might not necessarily know, I found it was interesting that it strengthens America's civilian-led tools, which is de- development, excuse me, and diplomacy alongside defense. And it advocates for budget dollars to help make America's international affairs programs a keystone of U.S. foreign policy. So that's kind of a mouthful, but basically, you know, is it, it's investing in programs that help keep America safe to some degree by combining the private sector and public sector? Would that be fair? Or how would you, how would you summarize the mission? Absolutely. It's, it's being friends to the rest of the world uh, and, and helping folks help themselves. It's not a handout. It's a hand up. Um, so when we think of the programs uh, that America sees responding to human, uh, excuse me, humanitarian disasters overseas, uh, providing uh, programs to protect us from Ebola, now, of course, COVID-19 or HIV AIDS. You see packages being sent overseas, grain bags with USAID written on them, uh, but also development finance programs uh, that help businesses in Colorado, small, medium, large businesses uh, do work and, and access markets overseas. Those are taxpayer-funded programs, and it makes up just 1% of the federal budget, uh, but they go a really long way. So you're, you're absolutely right. We are uh, melding uh, the public and, uh, in many cases, private industries to do better overseas, obviously because it's the right thing, but also because it's the smart thing to do here at home for uh, America's national security economy and, and uh, humanitarian values. Right. And I sort of look at like the magic word in, in the name of the organization is coalition. So to your yeah. point, it's not just government money. There's sort of these private partnerships and especially for our members with the Business Roundtable, 
you know, representing the private sector, there's a role for the private sector to play as part of the coalition, which is why we're involved. What role does the private sector play in partnering with USGLC? So one, thank you very much and, and your team at the Colorado Business Roundtable for your support. USGLC, we're, you know, as, as an advocacy body, we don't partner with the government for any of those programs. Uh, but what we do is, is advocate in support of those programs. So while USGLC might not partner with uh, USAID or the U.S. Trade and Development uh, Agency, some of your partners at, at the Colorado Business Roundtable or others uh, might do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be to leverage uh, grains and cereals uh, to provide for famine relief overseas, uh, but it also could be to provide basic power needs, energy needs in in sub-Saharan Africa. I think looking back, you know, some of our private sector partners have had to shift their mission so much since, let's say, February 2020. And I'm curious about how how COVID-19 has affected your mission, you know, as you think through what your goals were perhaps in January 2020 to what they've had to adjust to be you know, what were your priorities then? What are they now? It's accelerated some of our benchmarks for sure. So where simply what we have changed at our work site, it's kind of like the rest of the world, right? We work from home, become very uh, Zoom savvy. But in terms of what we're now advocating for, rather than uh, general funds, we're now advocating to members of Congress uh, to provide funding for a much stronger U.S. global response uh, to the pandemic. Uh, so why does that matter, right? Why should America care about the rest of the world when we're having such issues? We are you know, currently ground zero right now for the pandemic here in the United States. Well, if we're worried about our economy, we need to understand, as Coloradans do, that we are completely integrated into the global economy. Supply chains, emerging markets, access to markets, so on and so forth. Uh, if we want to get America back to full speed, we have got to eradicate the pandemic all over the world. And we know that the United States is going to be the one to take that lead. We did so uh, after World War II with helping Europe recover. We did so uh, with the HIV AIDS epidemic all over Sub-Saharan Africa and m- many other countries. We did so in response to the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. Uh, and we need to do so now. You know, it's it's important that we make sure our lawmakers understand that. Well, and I think there's no doubt, you know, mm-hmm. if people thought we were separated by borders from a virus, I, I think it's sort of turned the world on its head, really. No one would have foreseen this global pandemic and how interconnected we all are. So it's um, it's really is a whole new world, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you'd think we would have been better prepared following 9-11 to know that, you know, our oceans were not borders. And, uh, you know, a Bill Gates 2015 TED Talk is now making the rounds where he's talking about how this was going to be the biggest problem. Here it is. We know it's real. We know there's going to be another one. So, uh, you know, we should should certainly do the best we can uh, to take the lead on this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, what's interesting for our business partners, and a lot of them are global companies, so they are partnering and trying to figure out everything from supply chain to uh, keeping their workforce healthy, for example, overseas as well. You know, that really is one of the public policy issues of our day. And then we're also concerned a lot about economic recovery and making sure there are sustainable jobs in the future, you know, workplaces are healthy and thriving 
you know, what would be some of the public policy issues that are top of mind, JM, for you and your team as you look forward? Yeah, for sure. Well, you, you just said it too. I mean, Co- Colorado exports close to $10 billion in goods every single year. So I don't know where that is in, in the last few months, um, but just considering moving forward, if that doesn't get back up to that, uh, that, that line, how much that would impact Colorado. Um, so we're trying to maintain our focus on uh, specifically providing $12 billion in the, the next emergency relief package. And while that might sound like a, a large number, uh, consider that it's roughly 0.1% of the total COVID relief package that the United States has spent money on, you know, which would go internationally to investments in making sure that Colorado businesses uh, can get back and running it at full speed. And, you know, Colorado knows this better than most states, right? Totally internationally minded, um, really got a head start on that decades ago, whether it's in, in business or R&D, uh, energy, defense, some you know, world-class university programs. Fort Collins and you know, Colorado State had it had a helping hand in um, the genesis of the Peace Corps. It's perfectly positioned um, where it can communicate to folks like Senator Gardner and Senator Bennett and your uh, representatives in the House to make sure that the funding's available so that America can take a global lead on this. Well, and we're kind of known, as you might know, JM, we're known as a very collaborative state as well and very solution oriented. And the fact that we have one senator who's a Republican and one is a Democrat, but they work together, I think, you know, people would be surprised how much they actually work together on issues like this to help bring Colorado back to life and, of course, our country as well. Terrific partisanship. Absolutely. Another good example is Congressman Crow, whose predecessor, Mike Hoffman, is now the mayor of Aurora. And they both are still completely in support of these of these issues, and I'm sure many more. That's another great example. I was actually just on your call with Congressman Crow, who had a right. really unique viewpoint, I think, coming from, you know, his experience uh, as a combat veteran as well. So he has a lot of really good experience to bear globally. Congressman Crow is terrific, and men and women in uniform, you know, get it more than most about why we need our development and diplomacy programs to work so that we don't need to to put Americans in uniform in, in harm's way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I actually, I, it'll be fun to chat with you more about it. I volunteer for a program called Peace Through Business, which is through an Institute for Economic and Empowerment of Women. And I've done some work in Rwanda and Afghanistan, not actually there physically, but really enjoy the fact of building those relationships internationally and how that is an investment. I think not only for America's prosperity, but for individuals to prosper around the world. You know, I really just love your mission. What are your biggest challenges? What What do you, as you look ahead, what would you want our partners to know about your biggest challenges and what some of our private sector partners could do to be helpful to you? Yeah, thanks for asking. You know, sh- short term right now, everybody's making a, a lot of asks of their, their members of Congress and, and understandably so. There's some very hyper-local uh, urgent issues, some that have to deal with life and death, uh, or some that have to do with folks' well-being, and and we totally understand that. We recognize that there does need to be a comprehensive uh, response domestically. Uh, but what we do ask is that folks do keep the the long-term recovery in mind, and do keep the global integration reality of uh, Denver, Colorado, and the United States in mind as well, so that. 
when you do speak to your lawmakers about your own niche issues, keep in mind that America's global response is going to be necessary to America getting back up and running full speed. As we saw uh, maybe just a week ago when this thing popped back up in, in Beijing, it's not going to go away until we take a lead on it. And even if it does come back, we need to be totally prepared. Uh, and that's why taking a, an offensive route on this rather than a defensive one uh, is in our best long-term interest. JM, that's such a good reminder about how interconnected we all are. You know, Denver's success isn't just about Denver. It might not be just about Colorado or the country. There's sort of this global interconnectivity, especially, uh, you know, that we can see kind of from our private sector experience and background. So appreciate you bringing that to the forefront. But I know you also have advisory councils in every state, and it's an honor to serve on your advisory council here in Colorado. Tell us more about the folks that are part of your co- our coalition here locally. Yeah, thanks, Debbie. And, and thanks for you and your team's uh, longstanding efforts on the advisory committee here in Colorado. Uh, so in, in every one of the states we cover, we have a, a bipartisan broad-based coalition of national security, uh, business, faith-based, humanitarian, civic, and and otherwise statewide leaders uh, who come together to urge their lawmakers to invest in overseas programs. Uh, And we'll meet regularly to hear from foreign policy or national security experts, uh, but also to have dialogues with members of Congress about why these these programs matter. And, uh, you know, a big thanks to Senator Hank Brown and, and Senator Gary Hart for leading our advisory committee in Colorado. But uh, we couldn't be happier. Colorado, again, is just a perfect microcosm of America's international outreach. The, the national security component, I, I feel like you have over. 30,000 veterans who live in Colorado or something along those wow. lines. It's a huge number. I might even be um, lowballing it. But it wouldn't surprise me with some right. of the, yeah, we have a lot of priorities about veterans and current military right. operations. You mix, that, you, you mix that with Boulder and you mix that with the development community in Denver and then Eastern Colorado. It's, it's a terrific mix, again, bipartisan across the political spectrum who can put aside their differences, come into the same room or same virtual forum now and um, agree on one thing. And that's, you know, that America's global leadership is a smart investment. Yeah, absolutely. On that point, JM, very well said and appreciate your support. We don't want you to brag about Colorado too much because we like to, you know, we kind of think it's a really good secret as we have lots of people yeah. who keep moving here. But it's um, out. <laughs> that's done with. I know. Absolutely. So a big thanks to J.M. Asienzo for joining us today from the USGLC, and we're just honored to be partners with the work that they do and look forward to how we can bring more private sector support to the, the great mission they have of keeping us all globally connected. So thank you, J.M. Thanks very much, Debbie. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom, Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.